Manchester, England, England, across the Atlantic Sea. And I'm a genius, genius. I believe in God. And I believe that God believes in Claude. That's me. That's me. Claude Hooper Bukowski. Finds it it's groovy to hide in the movie. Pretend he's. Hello there, listeners. Welcome to episode 59 of The Feminine Critique. I'm I'm (laughs) Elsa. Uh, my, my my English seems to have turned to Australian. Yeah, good day, Emily. I'm Emily. And you're... A koala bear. Yay! Uh, Ozzy, the, song, the talking koala bear, I hope. Yes. Uh, no, you are Lady Christine of the House Make Peace, are you not? Mm, last time I checked? Yeah. I'm not nearly that fancy. Well, but if you say it with a British accent, everything sounds more fancy. Oi! <laughs> if you say it with a Cockney accent, I know. everything oh, doesn't sound quite as fancy. That's immediately where I go. <laughs> uh, so why are we talking all British, Christine? Uh, I I don't know. Maybe it has something to do with the movies we're covering. What what films are we covering on this morrow, the Christine? Cinema. <laughs> um. <laughs> My cat is meowing angrily. She does oh, not no. approve of my British. I think everyone else likes it, though. <laughs> I bet they do. Especially our British listeners who are like, they get it. They totally get it. it they get yeah. it. They do. Oi! Henry Higgins! <laughs> <laughs> it's raining and spining all about us. That's all it I got. Is. I have nothing else. Yeah, um, it's good to always have those few phrases. Like we were talking about that yesterday with um, with New England. I know two ways of doing a New England accent. One is, and this was an acting trick Brandon learned years ago, which is just say, Pepperidge Fam cookies. Uh, and the other is just to, to channel your, your best Fred Gwynn in Pet Cemetery And just oh, sort of, yeah. sometimes dead is better, or however it goes. I'm still not doing it well. No, that's okay. And he, that's very mean. That's... Oh, yes, very very upper, very very Stephen King, New England, if you will. (laughs) It's a very special area of New England. It's a very, it's its own form of of accent, if you will. Uh, But just note, people, even if we can't sustain our Britishisms all this whole episode, note that anytime we say favorite or color, we're totally spelling it with a U. I do it all the time with a U. You just can't hear it. it. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing it specially this episode. I don't always do it. I'm not pretentious like that. Oh! 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 You got me! (laughs) All right, so what what British films are we covering today, Christine Lady Makepeace? We're covering... I just brought this up, so don't think I know these years off the top of me... Off the top of me head! Off the top of me head! 2004's King Arthur. King Arthur? Fields in England from 2013. Indeed. So as British as you can get. Pretty British. Like really British. Because it's not just that they're like movies made in Britain or about like British people. Like one of them has England in the title and the other is King Arthur. They're really fucking British. They're, they're British. really bollocksy British. They're pretty no, no, British. No, they're really bloody Br- British. Right? Totally. They're British. Yeah. Uh, we apologize to all of our UK listeners. 
<laughs> but you have to admit, it's kind of fun to do. I mean, I'm not saying it's good, but, you know. Oh, I'll yell in a Cockney accent. Just, Ooh. like, start screaming around the house. Ooh. It's very fun. Oh, I like that. I, oh, I hope you get angry at the movies and do that then. Oh, uh, usually it's more in jest mm. than, like, genuinely angry. Okay. Yeah. You know. Oh. Now... Uh, before we talk really British movies, uh, yeah. what else have you been watching? I've been watching some stuff. Have you been watching some stuff? I have. I have to see if I have a Netflix instant recommend on here. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I'll make one up. Don't okay. make one up. So I watched, um, I illegaled a few things. Some of these are illegal, so that's why they might not be out yet. But, uh. <clears throat> I watch you, you are Australian, eh? Because you're like the felon, so you'd be Australian, <laughs> not British. Yeah. Stole stuff. Yeah. There's only a couple, well, there's only maybe one thing here I feel bad for stealing, but I think I might <laughs> buy it. Okay. Um, which is this movie, Magic Mike XXL. Ah, okay. I have heard really positive things about it. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't the revelation that some people made it sound okay. like, for me at least. People said it was more feminist than Mad Max. Um, well, few things. I are. did. I. I mean, I liked it. It was. It was like you know how ste- the first step up is like a complete miss. Yeah. Do you think like, I don't know that, Christine? The second one, you're like, this is exactly yeah. what the first movie should have been not, like. I would say this is the third time this week that I have had that conversation about how Step Up doesn't count as a Step Up movie. It's stupid. It's, it's not Monday, people, and I've already had that conversation three times. <laughs> but so this is like. Step up to okay. It's actually what you wanted. There's like okay. a lot of dancing, mm-hmm. and it's like pretty good. Like it was good. It, there was still like a really like like shoved in there love story that mm-hmm. didn't need to be there. Okay, but like for for the most part, I had fun with it. I, I laughed at it. Mm-hmm. Zach said it was like douchey bro humor a lot of the time, and it kind of was because it was like what those guys would laugh at. Okay, but like sometimes fair. it was funny and charming. <laughs> Well, and for those who don't know, we covered Magic Mike a um, couple of months ago, I guess, probably. Yeah, I hate uh, that. And I feel like that was a good episode, because I think you and I had very strong opinions on why it was not the positive, fun film that everybody said it was. Yes. Because it really, like, it sold itself as this feel-good, go-with-your-girlfriends, have-fun movie, but it really didn't cater to that audience. It made that audience come see it, and then it made them feel bad about themselves, so. Yeah, it's, that movie's not awesome. This one's good, though. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Hmm. You should watch it. Mm-hmm. I will one um, day. When it's not illegal. To- I, not I don't know. Illegal. I'm not sure if it's out yet. Um, I'm a little Biden watched- citizen, I am. Uh, well, you know, sometimes I try. <laughs> I watch <laughs> Occasionally I try not to break the law. The, the movie Spy. Oh, okay. What did you think? With Melissa McCartney. Is that her name? McCarthy. McCarthy. She's Jenny McCarthy's name? cousin. Rose Byrne is in this movie. That's all I need to say. Brandon um, is shaking his head at my my accents. He's like hanging <laughs> his head down as somebody who so went good. to acting school and learned dialect and had dialect coaches. He just he's bringing me the complete works of William Shakespeare. What is that? He's hitting me on the head with the complete works of William Shakespeare. It's because he's so jealous that you didn't have any classic training. And That's true. That I didn't need classes. No. I have no me Malone in That's your how face. Good you are. Exactly. You were saying. I was saying that this is a really good movie. Like, it was good? Really, really good. Really, really good. 
small. That makes it, me that makes me happy. That the last third got a little but I blame this on comedies. Sometimes comedies are too long and the final third gets thing. like they don't know when With, to, ever since like knocked up and the Judd Apatow movement. They, they're they don't all know when too to long. Stop. Like it didn't know when to stop. It was so yeah. solid and so funny and so pacey and then it just stalled out and wouldn't end. But that mm. doesn't it didn't lessen my enjoyment of it. Okay. Um so I say you should see that too. People said it was really, really good and I was very doubtful. But Yeah, I know it it was one of those again, comedies are always gonna be kind of divisive because it either makes you laugh or it doesn't make you laugh. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I just wanted it to be good because I wanted kind of, there's been a lot of like naysaying Melissa McCarthy and I'm like, I want her to have a good No, movie. but man, was she good in this. Mm-hmm. Nice. Instantly likable, instantly funny. Cool. So, um, thumbs up on that. Very nice. Uh, and very sad news happened since we um, recorded last. Indeed. Wes Craven. Yeah, that, um, passing. that was a sad one. one that, that, was a, you just, that was tough. Yeah, because who, I mean, he. No, I didn't know that he was sick. I don't think many people did. No. Um, seemed, it seemed to be in very good health. Like, you have John Carpenter smoking instead of breathing. Like a and he's doing okay. chimney. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but then Wes Craven, who always seemed to be, you know, just in good shape and good spirits and everything else. And that was a, that was a sad one. Yeah. Yep, made um, one of my favorite movies. Which one is that? Scream. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Scream. Scream. <laughs> the, the man changed a lot of lives. Let's just oh, say oh. that. Yeah, I mean, if, he, he changed cinema. If he if he never graced this earth, like his movies or not, like the, the film, the cinema landscape, the pop culture mm-hmm. landscape would not be what it is. Yeah, um, and one, I mean... Mr. Johnny Depp might have had to yep. do a few more jobs before he hit it big. It's true. The first terrifying movie that I snuck down and hid behind the couch and <laughs> watched what I shouldn't have was um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Very nice. Um, so it clearly kept me away from horror. Mm-hmm. Um, but so to celebrate this great man, I decided to watch My Soul to Take because I had oh, never you, seen it. Oh, oh, my darling. I had uh, never seen it. I told you how I watched it, right? I watched it on, recorded it from the Sci-Fi Channel, Hmm. and it's so weird when you watch it that way, because they, they keep all of the violence, like, you see entrails, but they, they, like, you know, cut out curse words, obviously, and they blur out anything, like, sexy, they blur out baby nudity. There is, when there, there's a baby in the movie, and they actually blur over the baby's, like, private areas, and I'm like, is it a girl or boy? I don't know. It's like a yeah, Japanese porn. Sometimes that can be important in a movie. Very true. Um, this movie is fucking bizarre. It's, yeah. It's, I can't even say that it's bad, even though, like, it is bad. But it, there's, like, a good movie hidden inside of it somewhere. It is, like, the, yeah. The idea was interesting. I don't know. And then There is clearly something weird going on where... Develop script to end product must have had some weird bumps along the way. Yeah. Because um, it just feels like there's stuff missing. It feels like there's a bigger story to tell, but... It, it's so it's so strange. Like, yeah. you keep not seeing action. Like, something yeah. will, will have happened off screen, and then a character will take the time to explain what just happened, but we wouldn't have seen it. It's so weird. It, it makes me wonder if they were going to... Or there was a a draft or something on the cutting room floor somewhere where they play up the unreliable narrator a right, lot more right. 
But it, if it's not played up that much, it's very confusing and it's feels scary. disjointed. And what I, I like know. too is, um, and I don't think this is spoiling anything because I think it's like, I, I don't think it's a twist. <laughs> the killer or one of the killers, like from the beginning, the guy that they're, no, this isn't the first scene. The, the serial killer to begin is played by Raul Esparza. Yes! Who is like a musical theater guy. He's he's on Law and Order SVU now. He's the Animal. main lawyer. But like he's 5'3". He's teeny tiny. And I, he's killing children left and right. And adults. I love him. I do too. He's a very talented man. But it's really uh, funny. <laughs> he's like the big bad guy when... Yeah. Like if I wore and heels, that, I would be taller. That opening is... Ape shit too because it's so fast paced for no reason and you're really like and that's the thing like, is there is a really good sequence or two in there in the beginning yeah. when the kids on the bridge like because the way they start to introduce the um, sort of killer monster you're like wow this what was everybody talking about this could actually be pretty good because yeah. they have a couple of really good setup scenes and then it just evolves into like wait who are these characters that are dying oh they mm-hmm. all have the same birthday or they don't I don't know what's going on yep. It's weird. That's not the way to honor him. <laughs> uh, well, I watched it. That's fair. Um, we we should have um, we should have done it on the show. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm There's thinking. There's a lot too. to talk about. I know October's coming up, and I feel like we need to do a lot of horror in October. Yeah, we should. Yeah. So, what else did you do? <laughs> yeah. Um, I watched. I'm gonna skip that one. I watched Hackers. Oh, it just came to instant, right? Yeah, because yeah, I, I hadn't seen it, it since, like, a, I don't know, it's been, like, it. a million years. Eh, it's something to watch. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It's interesting. It's not bad, like, how movies of that time are super right, de- bad right. and dated. It's not. Okay. But, I mean, it's whatever. There were a few times where it was so convoluted and, and took itself so seriously that I wished that I was watching, like, I had just watched Antitrust, mm-hmm. which deals with funny internet stuff that seems out of date and weird right. and that's kind of goofy with it sometimes and i was like oh i wish i was watching that <laughs> i got gotcha. you this, this is so serious um eh, you should watch it if you're ever yeah mm-hmm. i might be curious angelina jolie is great and mm-hmm. she's really hot and awesome so that was one of those like movies that kind of like along with foxfire yeah kind of like got her to the next level of people being like who is this woman yeah yeah she's awesome um, I watched Fantastic Four, not the new one, the original, not the original one. <laughs> Man. <laughs> the one with Jessica Alba. <laughs> okay. Uh, is uh, it as bad as I remember it being in the parts terrible. I watched of it? I never oh, watched boy, it. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> I've uh, seen this one a couple times. I don't like it. Uh, I don't know why we watched it. <laughs> that was my follow-up question. Um, then we followed it up with Rise of the Silver Surfer, which would be the second mm-hmm. one. Um, which is somehow worse than yeah. the terrible first yeah. one. It is so angering. Jessica Alba's Sue Storm is Ugh. so obnoxious. I she, hate Jessica all Alba. All she wants is to get married. Like, it's really trite. And it, it makes us look, as like a sex, as a gender, it makes us look really fucking bad. Yeah. That's a, I mean, I understand Jessica Alba is really attractive. I get that, folks. I do. Um. Well, like, for, I don't know, I think she's a very, like, she has a really good body. She's got, you know, she's like, I get it. She's a, she's a conventionally attractive girl. She cannot act her way out of a mime box. I just mm-hmm. think she is awful. And every interview I've read with her, I've ever, I've always wanted to just wring her tiny neck. I just, ugh. I don't, I don't get why people put her in good movies. But that's not I- 
No, I know. I, this was a strange casting choice as well, because Sue Storm is like, you know, blonde hair, blue eye mm. lady. Like, Jessica Alba isn't, which is do great. Do they give her weird her. blue eyes? Yes, in the second one they do. Ugh, I hate when they do it's, that. It's disturbing. They do that in World Trade Center with Maria Bello. It's really uncomfortable. It just, Why? the whole just, time you're like, what's wrong with Maria Bello? Either cast somebody with fucking blue <laughs> eyes, because you know there's enough of them out if there in Hollywood. it's not important, then do it. Or yeah. don't. Like, there, there's... Things you can do, like, you could get, like, I am less bothered by, like, oh, Nicole Kidman has a weird prosthetic nose in the hours. That's fine. Yeah, I can not? handle that. Give her brown eyes and it's kind of creepy. I don't know. It's it's really distracting in the yeah. second one. Yeah. Um, I watched Poltergeist, the new one. Oh, okay. How was it? I hated it. Oh. Yeah. The beginning is good. Okay. I liked it for, like, the first third first half maybe mm-hmm. and then it devolves quick what did it do makes, wrong to you oh it, it um showed us too much of everything mm, okay explained everything but then didn't explain anything mm-hmm. um the brother is the hero mm. not the parents okay which is weird and, and gives it a strange tone. It kept too much the same, but then changed things that made the, the original great. Yeah. So you, you have this disjointed film. There's also, like, your Zelda Rubenstein character. It was Jared Harris, right? Yeah. Is the, is the dude from Fringe? I don't know why. That's what I always say. The Price from-, from Mad Men to me. There you go. So that dude shows up, and then all of a sudden, spoilers, it becomes his movie. Yeah. Like, it was never, it was ne- never, um, is her name Tangina in that movie? Tangina, yeah. It is, isn't it? It's never her movie. Like, and she's there. Seems fucking awesome. You can give her a movie, but she didn't need to have that movie. She didn't. Her movie it, is She doesn't free. become the hero of that film. Right. Spoiler alert. But, like, that's basically what they wanted us to believe. Like, it, it was no one's film, and that's really kind of stupid because you start out with heavy focus on the little boy, which I'm fine with because I liked Robbie in the original. Sure. Then you move over to your Carol Ann stand-in, and like, she's great. She's an adorable little girl. And then you're with the parents, and then you end up with this other dude. So you mm. never follow anyone's story through the whole thing. Yeah, and I mean, one of the, there's a lot of things that work about Poltergeist, and there's a oh, reason I- why it is still a masterpiece but part of it is the the family dynamic is so strong and yep. that's such an important part of that movie it's just i mean i there's some cool stuff at the beginning and i really thought it could be awesome but it just gets disjointed and, and unfocused at the end and it made me sad gotcha i'm sorry i watched fire in the sky after that ah okay i I'd seen it when i was little and With i didn't my remember my friend db sweeney your boyfriend, D.B. Sweeney. Did I ever tell you about the time I met D.B. Sweeney on the subway? I think you might have. Was, this was my best celebrity meetup ever. So D.B. Sweeney. I'll yep. tell the listeners who might not know. That uh, I had just gone to a Met game, and we were coming back on the subway. And I'm pretty drunk, because I drank a lot of the Met game. And we're transferring subways, and as we do, we're at, like, Grand Central. And I'm with a friend who's... who's and I think we had earlier been talking about the cutting age. She like grabs my arm. She's like, "Oh my god, there's DB Sweeney," and he was he was across. He was walking in the subway. He was like crossing platforms or something. And I am drunk enough that I just grab her. I'm like, "Let's go!" And I walk over 
And as I do, he just, he sees us coming over and I can only imagine what we must have looked like, but he just like leans back and he just smiles and I'm just like, you're DB Sweeney. I'm a huge fan. I loved you in the cutting edge. And I might've said something else, but really I cared about the cutting edge. And and he's just smiling and and like with, with one movement, he takes out from his like sports coat. He had postcards for his new film. And it was like a directed oh. DVD film that he wrote and directed and starred in uh, called Two Tickets to Paradise. I'm giving him a plug mm-hmm. now because he just instantly took it out. He had a Sharpie on him and he just autographed it with our names. He autographed Emily, Topic, D.B. Sweeney, and passed it on and was like, thanks a lot, girls. Have a good night. Wow. D.B. Sweeney, everybody. D.B. Sweeney. I will support anything that man does. Well, fire in the sky. What would you think? How'd you like it? Well, I saw it a long time ago mm-hmm. um, when I was a kid, probably, and I didn't really remember. I remembered all the alien stuff, like the actual, um, well, yeah, and the, that that the awful sequences in the spaceship yeah. stuff, which is still effective and awful it's and awesome. Mad, but yeah. like, there's so much talking in the beginning that yeah. it really is a struggle to keep the phone out of your hand. And there's but, a lot of. I remember the last time I watched it a couple of years ago, thinking there is such a great horror film in here. But they're wasting so much time with the nobody believes me and investigation and they try to make it. And part of it, I think, is that like it was sort of based on a true account or like what somebody's account was. And the problem is they try to make us believe that. And really, mm-hmm. like, just make it an interesting movie. Don't, I don't, don't I'm not going to believe this happened. That. Just make yeah. it entertaining. No, I, I agree. There's, it, yeah, there was just so much, I don't want to say exposition, because I mean, I love exposition and there's mm. time for all that. But like, after a while, I'm like, I don't care about these guys anymore. Yeah. That was like, I don't, bad. I don't care. Show me alien stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, the, but the alien stuff's super good. It's so really I mean, good. Yeah. I guess it's worth it to get to that point. Yeah. But, should have been smarter about that. It should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Blair Witch Two, the the Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows. Uh, which what? No, you've seen it before. No, <gasps> you hadn't. Oh my! Oh. Wow. Okay. So I talk to me. That, I think it might be streaming. That's possible. On, I've on seen Prime? it a few times at this point. I haven't oh, even seen it more than Blair Witch at this point. Just it's always on TV. Oh boy, I'd never seen it on TV. I'd never seen a frame of it. Oh man, it, I okay. Talk to me. I'm dying here. What'd you think? I hated it. It was awful. <laughs> but like, it was like complain worthy. Like, why are they doing this? What does this even mean? What is even yeah. happening? I don't understand. And like, like I don't know if you remember having you know it's been a while since you've seen it but it's like you they keep flashing back to like to what happened and then they're at the the precinct but like it's almost pointless like you don't yeah because they don't know (laughs) and we don't know and we never really know i really admire the idea behind that film Oh, uh, yeah, at the beginning, I was like, oh, this could be an yeah, awesome Yeah, like, movie. this is smart, like, kind of like Town of Dreaded Sundown-esque, like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, give me, you know that it's near impossible to make a sequel to this movie that was such a juggernaut, so give yeah. me something different. Okay, I get it, you're kind of playing on the whole, like, the, what was really interesting about this film, which was how people reacted to it, that's cool. Exactly. Oh, cool. that's what you're doing with it. Uh, okay, that's not as cool. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, 
I so mean, not- somebody can cool. make a good defense for that film. And there are, like, aspects of it that I, I'm like, okay, I can see what they're saying. Maybe they're trying to say something about, you know, shared delusion and people wanting to believe in this and so on and so And there's, like, one or two actual creepy parts that kind of stuck with me. Yeah. Um, but overall, it's not very good. No, the idea behind it was cool. And I could see, like... Somebody could pitch that to me, and I'd be like, yes. Oh, yeah, totally. Make movie. this movie. Um, so I don't think that they were completely off base, because, I, I mean, I'd always heard it just, you know, oh, it's a total failure. It was, mm-hmm. like, came out of no, left it's field. No, it's a really interesting failure. It's It, it had, there was an idea there, so I do understand what they were trying mm-hmm. to do. It just didn't, it's ambitious. It didn't get there for me. Yeah. Um, and then I finished off with a very angry watching mm-hmm. of Jurassic World. Oh, uh, angry. What was angry? You needed it to was, sit next to Jason Fozzie Nelson. That's what you needed to do. It was so bad. What? It was dinosaurs, and then there were bigger dinosaurs, and they ate the dinosaurs, and they ate people, and then they ate Were you drunk when you saw it? No, I was drunk on joy of a Friday uh, night watching Jurassic World with 300 other people. I could have seen liking it if I was drunk. Um, it is bizarrely mean. It's a mean, cold, ugly movie. <laughs> I I know what you're talking about, but I didn't get it while I was watching it. Hmm. Um, and like I know people have said, like people have pointed out specific death scenes and certain things, but to me, like when I was watching it, I was so in the moment. I didn't. I think I had forgotten. Now that you say you saw it with Jason, I remember, but I kind of forgotten that you had seen it. And and halfway through, I said, "Geez, I think Emily would hate this." That that really happened. <laughs> I, because you know, it's so fucking mean-spirited and no one's life matters except for your four white leads. That was a mistake. I, I no, think wholeheartedly like, that was stupid of them. N- nobody's life had any meaning. I always go back to Cyclops' death in X3 when Cyclops died and nobody reacted. And you have mm. to wait till his funeral scene to go like, oh, wait, Cyclops oh, yeah, just died. Dude, right. We cared about I don't. Un- I don't remember that. That's kind of how I felt about everyone who died in this movie. Like, oh, wait, I guess they died. Like, no one even flinches. Somebody, like, can get their fucking head ripped off and then they're... they're uh, Bryce Ellis Howard, I keep wanting to call her Jessica Chastain. I can tell the difference, though. <laughs> Um, she's fucking cracking jokes. She's having a nervous breakdown, but she's cracking these really shitty jokes. Like, I don't get it. There's like a fucking massacre. At least in the first one, they try. I'm going to start complaining. Oh, I mean, the first one is superior in every way. <laughs> uh, they, they attempted to get people off the island. And of course there were casualties because it was a dinosaur attack. But this one, it was like a fucking massacre. It was a free for all. Yeah, which is what I wanted to see. But it was so mean and nasty and stupid. And, like, it was just dumb. It was not... That's not how a theme park of that nature would be set up, especially because of what happened at the original park, which they repeatedly <laughs> acknowledged that people they know did. about. I know. I like that. Uh, I, I mean, I can't defend it. I just really... I, I understand what you're saying. I don't necessarily disagree. Um, but and you I'm enjoyed sh- it when you saw I it. I just enjoyed the fuck out of it when I saw it, because it was a Friday night opening night. We went to AMC, we got the comfy seats, and I'm like, I just want to see a dinosaur movie. I want to see dinosaurs, I want to see dinosaurs eating people and fighting other dinosaurs, maybe even cute dinosaurs. And there were fucking cute dinosaurs. There were baby dinosaurs. There were baby dinosaurs. That, you know what, that's true. There were. And that was really all I wanted. And then I got bonuses of like, I really liked all the stuff with, um, is it Jake Johnson? 
Yeah, yeah. I liked him and that whole like the control room stuff of him and yeah, the yeah, chick Mars was, black. Was, like I thought it was re- like those parts were really well written and were really that funny. That was superior writing to the to the rest of the movie. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was also because it's the guy who did Safety Not Guaranteed. Yes. And I even wonder if like you know he they kind of were able to do a little more of themselves in those aspects of the movie. Um, the I did have problems with Bryce Dallas Howard, not as like oh female character blah blah. I just didn't think as an actress. I thought I didn't care about that character, and I feel like a different actress might have made me care about yeah. her. Yeah, um, I just didn't find her interesting, and I think like Jessica Chastain would have been a better choice. Uh, but there were dinosaurs, and they were really big, and they were scary, and they were fast, and they ate people, and then they ate other dinosaurs, and they flew, and then then. They they swam and you were like, oh my god, people are safe. Oh no, they're not. There's a dinosaur in the water. Oh my god, dinosaur in the water. Wait, there's a bigger dinosaur in the water. And that's really what I wanted. I caught it. And you can't well, take I'm it away from it. me, Lady Mae. I'm not trying to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay then. So those are all your movies. That's it. Okay. <laughs> well then, I've got a few. Okay, on a, I did a kind of cleanse of my DVR. I had recorded a whole lot of stuff on TCM, so I went through a few of those. One of which was uh, Invisible Invaders from 1959. So this is a sci-fi, black and white, aliens invade. Um, I'd never heard of it, which I'm shocked by, because mm-hmm. there is no way this was not a major influence on George Romero. Uh, it's because I recorded it from TCM purely on the seeing the description of aliens invade and take over corpses and are zombies in business suits. I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. Um, mm-hmm. But this was actually really good. It's 67 minutes, so it's you know it, does, it don't don't waste no time. Uh, and it is aliens take over dead bodies, so it is it's zombies. It's early zombies before zombies were a thing. Um, and surprisingly effective. It's, you know, it's not, to me, it's not scary. It's not something that, you know, ah, I have nightmares of. Um, (laughs) That was you being scared. That's how I'm scared when, ah, dinosaur. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, But this was just really good. And it's, I'm shocked that I have never heard it discussed. And maybe I just never paid attention when it was. Yeah, maybe. Um, But anybody who has, who's like very interested in early influences on zombie cinema or if you just really like 50s era sci-fi, this one was was special. And again, I don't know why I've never heard of it. And I don't know its availability, but check it out. Give it a go. I uh, did a few musicals, uh, mm-hmm. one of which was Showboat, the 1930-something version of it. Um, Showboat is a weird musical. It is the first traditional musical in many ways, the first time you had a story, songs, moving the story forward. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's both a weirdly progressive and regressive show in terms of Mm -hmm. its racial politics. Uh, Because you have, like, the first conflict of it is um, about uh, racial integration and everything. But then you also have blackface because it's the 30s Mm. and that was a thing then. Of course. You know, so it's it's weird, but the songs are still really pretty. And, you know, it's not a great telling of it. Uh, But if you're a fan, why not? I watched Strike Up the Band with Mickey Rooney and Judy Garland. Oh, fun. Yeah, it's cute. Um, They're both just adorable and charming. And, I mean, the movie just goes on forever and is way too long. But when they're singing together, it's just adorable. Uh, And Viva Las Vegas, which was my first Elvis film. 
Really? I don't know that I've ever actually watched an Elvis movie. Um, so I started with this one, which is probably considered his best. Um, mm-hmm. It's fun. And Margaret's amazing in it, is very sexy and very fun and charismatic. Uh, again, typical kind of fluffy story that I don't remember any details of, but I'm glad I finally watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a very different vein, <laughs> did a couple of my token 80s, 90s sexy thrillers. <laughs> what sexy thriller did you watch? Okay, well, this one, Christine, we kind of might have to cover this one one day. Okay. 1995 or four, I think. Mm-hmm. Never Talk to Strangers. Oh, I don't know if I know what that is. Oh, you probably do. Rebecca Duarnay and Antonio Banderas. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen but it, seen, You remember this when it came out. Yeah. This movie's amazing. Um, this came up when I was asking for good recommendations. I can't remember if it was Eric who recommended it or what, but thank you, because this one, it's like a long wait on Netflix, and it, that's a shame, because this is one that just needs to go on Instant Watch, and everybody needs to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's really sleazy. It's really crazy. Like, the ending is bonkers, but it's totally justified. And when you think back to the movie, you're like, oh, they hinted at that. Um, but it's it's insane. Um, you get to see Antonio Butt. You get to see Rebecca Boobs. Uh, you get a weird, what weird do you scene. Need? You get a montage where it's them playing in the snow, them having sex, them um, doing trust exercises in slow motion, and then them having really <laughs> weird sex where he's like completely covered in a sheet. It's so weird. It's amazing. Um, I really hope I'm selling this movie to people. Go, go, go find it. Never talk to strangers. Uh, also, this one was on Amazon Prime. Whisper Kill, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. A Whisper to Kill. Both okay. of which titles really suck. Uh, this one starred Lonnie Anderson as a um, like small town news reporter who gets a whispering, threatening phone call that somebody's going to die. And then people around her die. Uh, okay. So it's not really very good. June Lockhart plays her mother. Oh. Um, but it's it's not particularly good. However, fun fact, there is a love scene uh, that is set to Unchained Melody. Okay. Like, it's this long, drawn-out love scene. This movie That's... came out two years before Ghost. I see where you, I see you, where see, you, you see, right? Yeah. I see what so, you're saying. Somebody. Like, somebody. You no. Know, just Maybe saying. it's just because that song's so sexy. It's very possible. I don't really think it is. I always thought that was a strange choice. Well, well, there's also the whole clay thing, which just seems like I don't just take a shower. It's gross. But yeah, anyway. no, you're right. Right, I am right. Uh, all right, a movie you watched, and I know you were a fan of uh, Adam Weingard, Wingard's The Guest. Yay! I liked it. Of course you did, because yeah. you're smart. I'm, I'm, I am pretty. I may not do a good British accent, but I am pretty smart. But you're all smart. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Boy. Uh, this, this was just fun, because it just moves. The, the pacing in this movie was so smart. Like, it just, it goes. Um, and it's, it, the lead is really good. They establish the family really well, and I, like, I knew those people, and I cared about them. Um... I like that so much of it's filmed in daylight. I like how yeah. sudden things just started isn't happening. That, isn't that nice? It, it really is. Yeah. It's 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 creepy. It's, it's nice when like, you can see things. They don't lean on like like look. It's creepy because it's dark out and they're in an old house. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, yeah. it's 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 smart. Smart little movie. Um, 
Now, a movie that does take its time, because it's a two-part miniseries, 1979's t- uh, TV version of Salem's Lot, directed by uh, young Toby Hooper. So I ha- haven't seen this, but I have seen the the newer the one. The TNT one. That, I saw that one for a couple of, like, but I seen that one maybe like a year or two ago. Because I had read Salem's Lot maybe hmm. three years ago or so, and I think it's, to me, of the Stephen King I've read, I think it might be his best book. Uh, it Because it nails what he does really well, which is a town and the people in it. Yeah. Um, and it also ends, like, it has an ending, and it ends, and it's it good. does. Uh, so this one, this is the Toby Hooper miniseries. Uh, I liked it. I didn't love it. I think, I know a lot of people who saw it when they were younger, it was really effective for them, and I can totally see why. Uh, because you have kids involved in it. You have some really creepy sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, the problems I had were just very miniseries based, and it wasn't, like, running length. It was just weird pacing choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have, like, in the first part, you have characters who just um, kind of disappear and don't show up in the second part. But then you think about how much time you've wasted on them. Um, and it just it drags in weird places. There's characters you're left wondering about that it never gets mm-hmm. back to. Uh, so that was that was disappointing, I guess. Um, but it's still it's worth watching, I think, especially if you've read the book and kind of want to see how it was handled. Because parts of it are really strong. Yeah. But I think the thing that it really misses is nailing the town and this kind of small town, which is Mm -hmm. so important and so effective in the book and doesn't really get conveyed in either of the adaptations, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, another instant watch horror film, um, The Happy House. I don't know if you've seen it pop up on Netflix at all. No. It was kind of creepy because we, we went away for our anniversary recently and we stayed in a bed and breakfast. And then like the, when I came back, I'm looking at Netflix and the very first movie 2013? That up, yes. It's, it's a horror movie set in a bed and breakfast. Ooh, I like um, this cover. It, it, oh, it's a great cover. This is a really strange little movie. It does not have a good IMDb rating. I'm not surprised because I think a lot of people would probably expect to get one thing and get something else. (sighs) Now I want to watch it, though. Yeah, I want you to watch it, and I won't say too much more about it, and you're better off not reading anything about it. Okay, I'm not even going to read Because what it does really well is it kind of sets up a movie, Mm -hmm. um, but then becomes a different movie. Mm -hmm. The problem is it doesn't do that all out in a way that's like ultimately satisfying but it's so unique about how it sets things up yeah um that i really think it's worth a watch so i'd really like you to watch it i would like to i was intrigued enough like 85 minutes and you said it's streaming it is streaming yeah it's on netflix um very quick watch breezy um nope didn't it hasn't even shown up on my thing man netflix it knew i went to a breakfast i I don't know if it's that tuned in, but like if you watch enough like funny shit or goofy shit or like just you mean, stuff like, if you watch super and fast on on repeat, like I did, then I think it skews what it suggests to you. Oh, I'm sure it does. Like, but to a degree where you just don't see stuff. I don't ever feel like I I didn't see stuff if I looked because I'll look through the different mm. categories. But man, that's that's upsetting. I think it's all the Pretty Little Liars I've been watching. Maybe it's- <laughs> Like, this girl does not want to watch anything else. <laughs> we are not putting the happy house on her cue. Nope. It's all Aria looking bloated. Aww. Small. Well, I, I don't know. 
<sighs> what was she doing to look so bloated? I don't think she looks so bloated. I think you're all mean girls. Oh, no. It's I'm in a certain a certain part of a certain season. No, oh, and, I know that. Yeah, no, she does look really bloated. In that and part. she looks really, like, she doesn't look good. And I Oh, my God. Wait her. till you go. Wait. So, um, where are you at with, like, what do you know about Allie right now? She, wait, am I spoiling this? <laughs> I, I just need to know where you are so I can say something. I know that she's uh, a way that Think she's like still on the show, right? Yes, okay, yeah. all I'm going to say is you think Ari is bloated, and I don't mean to be mean because I am not one to talk. Trust me, but um, yeah, just just wait. Till I just be- watched. I just watched the noir episode. Oh, those episodes are good. They keep putting her in sleeveless tops, and clearly she just doesn't have good arms, and it's like really. And she looks angry about being on the show. Like Jason pointed out, he's like, it's like she's like lost all of her confidence. Um, but I don't know if you feel the same way. But anyway, now I mean, she she just kind of started showing back okay. up. Spoilers, everyone. Yeah. Um, I was genuinely surprised that that's mm. the turn that they took with it. So I mean, if you're actually watching the show, that can be surprising. I think <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah. Okay, so the Happy House, you will check out. I really I want will- you to check it out and tell me what you think. Because then we can, yeah. like, talk about it in detail. But it's so unusual that I don't want to say anything else about it. Uh, okay, got three more. One is, so, Brandon and I have lists of movies that we, like, want to make sure the other person has seen. And on my list includes uh, a certain childhood favorite, Troop Beverly mm-hmm. Hills. I've never seen it. Oh, that's right. I know. I have it on our list. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love this movie, but it's a very much a like, I love it because I grew up watching it and I was a Girl Scout and my troop was not that dissimilar to Troop Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, but so watching it with adult eyes. It's so funny. It holds up really well. It's funny. Shelley Long is fantastic in it. Uh, it's not mean spirited the way a lot of those 80s movies end mm-hmm. up being. Uh, like it's actually very... Sweet. The characters are all very genuine, and even though they're kind of like Beverly Hills ditzes, they're yeah. all like they're good people and they're nice people, and they they help each other and stuff. Um, and yes, I mean it also means I've been singing Cookie Time straight for a week, so that's the <laughs> downside of watching it. Uh, then last night we popped in a movie I've seen but have not watched in a few years: Neil Marshall's Doomsday. I've never seen it. <gasps> really? Really? Is there a reason why? Like, have you I, avoided it or something? I don't know. I, Centurion left such a terrible taste in my mouth. I just never sought out one of his mm-hmm. movies again. See, I lo- I'm trying to remember because I get Centurion confused with Black Death. Centurion is the one with uh, Fassbender in it. Which one is um, Dominic West McNulty? Is he in Centurion? I don't remember. <laughs> See, I get it. I can tell you which one Fassbender's in. <laughs> You're good for something. Uh... I just get it confused because there was a few, like, medieval dramas that came out around that same time. Yeah. And I remember, like, being really excited for Centurion and liking it but not loving it. But then I also know that I felt that way about Black Death, so I may be confusing them also. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I lo- Doomsday to me is just so fun because it's Neil Marshall basically saying, here's a list of movies I love. I am going to make a movie where I am just pulling shit from all of them and combining them into one awesome package. Mm-hmm. So you get Mad Max, you get Aliens, you get Escape from New York, um, you get all of these really like cool, insane set pieces and like really good action. You get car chases, you get sword fights, you get um, uh, what else do you get? You get like a medieval gladiator combat. 
And it's, you know, in an hour and 40 minutes with a really kick-ass hero, heroine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you would like it, but there's a part of me that thinks like, oh, but maybe, you know, you'd find something to hate about. It. Not like not well, like that. But Well, you do know me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm surprised you haven't seen it because I feel like it was a big, uh, it was big in the circles we run around, I guess, filmically when it came out. Yeah, and it wasn't a a conscious avoidance so much as, like I said, I really wasn't. I was left very cold by Centurion. That's fair. Uh, I mean, this has aspects of Centurion because it does have medieval aspects to it. Yeah, and that's not... I think Centurion just isn't a movie for me. Like, this Mm. the subject matter. Like, I'm learning more and more what maybe I should avoid what was it about Centurion that you think left you cold? The timepiece? Or, or... Uh, that was a huge portion of it. It'll be interesting um, to see what you have to say about the movies today, then. Yeah. Aww. Well. <laughs> yes. <Ooh. laughs> oh, me. What else did you watch? Uh, okay, last one was Skyfall. Oh, had you seen Skyfall? I had not. Oh, I don't know why I thought you had. Because okay. I, cause I had seen Quantum of Solace and talked about it, and I had seen Casino Royale yeah. and talked about it. That's probably why. I No, maybe it's because I sat through it twice. Maybe I felt one but, of those no, times you. didn't you. care for it, correct? No, it's boring. Um, I mean, I liked it. I didn't... I still think of the the new wave. I think Casino Royale was, was my favorite of them. Oh, I I don't like Casino Royale very much, but definitely it's just because it's funner and it's wittier. I think yeah. um, Skyfall is just very it's very dark. Uh, you just it's, get. I like it a lot until like I've I like it enough that I've watched it twice. Mm-hmm. That once it's once they get to that the house I to got Skyfall. Yeah, the I kind guess, of finale act. Yeah, it, it's. Just, it's just too much for me. It's too long and too quiet and too self-contained and, and then too explosive. It's just like, oh boy, it, really? This is like 40 minutes of this? Mm-hmm. All right. That's fair. Yeah, I could because I, I like, you know, M and I like Q and all the other letters. Oh, I Q like- is great in it when they introduce Q. Oh my Q. God. Ben Wishaw is so great. He's it's probably fantastic. why I've seen, seen this more than once. But it just bums me out because as much as I think it looks beautiful, like the end, that end portion looks beautiful. It does, yeah. It's, it's just so drawn out. It does go on a little long, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. I liked it. I mean, it also, I mean, it's so much better than Quan Masalis, which isn't saying anything because everything's yeah. better than it. Um, <laughs> but it does feel like it corrected a lot of that because it has a better villain, uh, it's such a good villain more. too. It has so much going for it. Yeah, it, it does, and it's it's not as mean. Like Quantum Solace has a weird mean streak. This one mm-hmm. still kind of does in some aspects of the way it handles like the one Bond girl. Um, but it also brings in Naomi Harris. It brings in Ben Wishaw. Like it's yes. it's good. It's it's. I think it's very good. Um, I, it just didn't pop for me the way Christina Royale did. But mm-hmm. good times, and now I can go see Spectre in the theaters. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So those are all the movies I've been watching. Yeah. Which means it is time for us to go back to a simpler time. Oh, was it a simpler time? A medieval time, if you will. What Was it simpler? Uh, probably not. Dude, like, imagine how long it would take to, like, put yourself in a corset and put on that war paint that Kira Knightley wears, like... I mean, I, I put clothes on and walk out the door. As long as it's, you know, not freezing, I don't even have to blow dry my hair. But, like, they're doing stuff. That's hard. 
It was not a simpler time. That's what I'm saying. All right. Good, good stance. So we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and talk about what I am guessing is Christine's favorite movie of all time, King Arthur. Bright light said it's going to set my soul, going to set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care, and I'm just a devil with love and spare. So Viva Las Vegas, Viva Las Vegas. How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day. We've returned to talk about King Arthur. Hi, Governor. King Arthur? Call I hope you heard that. That is apparently what a real British accent sounds like. Yeah. Courtesy of Good my day. Husband. Good day to you, mates. Oh, goodness. Okay, so King Arthur, 2004. Doesn't it feel like 1998? <laughs> well, you know, let's think of some context. You've got it's uh, post Gladiator, it's post Pirates of the Caribbean. I uh-huh. feel like those are, and it, and it is way post First Night, which mm-hmm. is very important, I think. Because um, I and it, this is one that I feel like does instantly grab onto some of the things of its time of like, okay, we need a feisty kind of tomboy heroine. Yeah. We need, uh, you know, we need a, a gang of kind of no good nicks solve mm-hmm. the day type thing it's uh, very dated in that regard it is yes very much yeah. um it's like that weird there's nothing visually obviously it's a period piece so it's not like you're watching this and know what year it was made but culturally it makes sense that it was made in 2004 yeah mm-hmm. uh so why don't you tell the people the people that think they know the story of King Arthur. Christine, no. this is not the story that you've been told. This is the real story of King Arthur. King Arthur! <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know what this movie was about. Um, it's and, a, it's, and IMDb says it's a demystified take on the tale of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. It's the most is pretentious it, description. Is it really a de- demystified well, no. take? Okay, the story of King Arthur, like the story I was taught when I read it in my like medieval language class in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, you got King Arthur is the son of King Uder. And he grows up not knowing he's king, but then he pulls the sword from the stone and he proves that he's king. And then he falls in love with Guinevere, who is actually in love with Lancelot. And then, uh, but he has a round table and lots of loyal knights and they all have their great journeys together. Um, and then Guinevere is caught and she runs to a nunnery and Lancelot just goes away somewhere. And King Arthur uh, has, an, has sex, this is before Guinevere, with Morgana. And then he has like a weird bastard child who then kills him later. So this isn't that story. No, that that story, the thing that you just said, sounded fun. Well, I like you, that. You know what's a really, side note, recommend? Have you ever seen the made-for-NBC miniseries Merlin with Sam Neill? No. It's actually really good. It's got a great cast, oh, cool. and I remember doing oh, it quite a bit. Merlin, an, an interesting character. I mean, I have watched the show Merlin. Um, this Merlin? Boring. Everything about this movie is boring. Spoiler oh. alert. I hated this fucking movie. Oh. Um, I didn't hate it. 
this is, but I'm going to have to say this right off the bat. I watched this in about three parts, I think. I watched it like in the morning before work. I watched it coming it's back long. from work. I watched it the next day. And on that note, it was okay because it, I kind of watched it as if I was watching a miniseries. Um, so by the time I got to the third day of watching this movie, I kind of forgotten a lot of stuff that happened like two hours before. I, that honestly, that makes me feel a lot better because I, I mean, the only reason I knew who was who is because the cast is, is people that I know. That's what the big thing I was trying to figure out because here's what you have in this cast. You have, um, so you've got Lancelot, who's like the one guy who I don't recognize. He's from Fantastic Four. He's Reed Richards. Oh, from okay. Fantastic Four. So you have him. Which um, is why I then watched Fantastic Four. <laughs> oh, what a dark well you went down. Nope. Um, so you have, so him's Lancelot. You have uh, 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 my my boyfriend, Clive Owen, as King Arthur. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, among this cast, you have Mads Mikkelsen. Yep. Joel Edgerton, who yep. we just covered. Uh, Hugh Dancy. Ray Winstone, mm-hmm, the other and Ray, Ray Stevenson. Yep. Who actually um, was the one I was, because that's the one you didn't say when last week you were going over the names. You skipped Ray Stevenson, who is probably the one I was most excited by. Oh, well, that's exciting. I love Ray but Stevenson. Love to also, Rome. He's my Punisher. Also, really good. Me too. He's really good yeah. in it too. And he um, is. He actually, um, uh, I mean, I guess Ray Winstone kind of gets the funnest character. Yeah, because probably. he gets to be the kind of boorish, like, drunken uh, guy with, like, 12 kids. Um, yeah. But I think, like, Ray Stevenson um, sort of kind of has that, uh, the kind of the role that he always ends up in of the sort of, you know, not the smartest, but the strongest. He but is, in this, he's easily the most interesting, and I don't yeah. know if it's the character or if it's just him. Yeah, and that was the big question I had with the whole thing was, I felt very quickly I knew who most of the knights were as far as, like, Okay, well, um, you know, Hugh Dancy is the one that just wants to go home, and Ray Stevenson mm-hmm. is the most loyal and all that. But it's a good question. Is it because the movie does take its time in that first half hour of kind of giving them all conversations and having them talk to each other? Uh, or is it also because every one of these actors I know really well now? It's, see, and that's, I felt like I wasn't losing track of people. Okay, so, like, what are there, six of them or something? Seven of them? Uh, seven? Who can say? One, two, Who can three, say? four, five, six, seven? Seven. So say you just threw seven brown-haired dudes with accents at me and tried to have me follow this movie. I don't think I would have been able to do it. Right. Be- but, like, I could say, like, oh, look, Mads is still alive. Oh, Mads is hanging out with that bird. <laughs> oh, Mads has a oh, bird. Oh, look how cute. Look how cute Hugh looks here. Like, oh, he's adorable I, I, in this movie. So cute, oh, baby movie. face. So I was able to follow along the characters because I knew who the actors were. Mm. So I think I would have been completely lost. It's hard to say. Um, I, I really don't. Know. I, I wasn't able to invest as much, I think, as you were right. into actually learning the characters. Well, I mean, um, I will say too, I I know this is not your genre. I do. I really like medieval-esque stuff. Um, I was always a big fantasy fan. Uh, and and as far as like time periods go, I love the Middle Ages. I mean, I'm a Game of Thrones obsessive. Uh, and that's actually a fun way to watch this movie is like how many Game of Thrones references and connections can you find? Yeah. Because you get uh, Stephen Delane who on Game of Thrones he is... Um, uh, Stan- Stannis Baratheon, 
Uh, he, he's Merlin in this movie. You also get the whole idea of Hadrian's Wall and protecting the people above it and all of that. So it's it's just very... Uh, and, I mean, George R. R. Martin took Game of Thrones from this time period. So, yeah. like, for that aspect of it, I found it interesting. Um, it looks good, certainly. You know, it's filmed on location. They built a wall. Uh, the battle scenes... Um, are okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they're pretty decent, except for the fact that, like, there's no blood in them, because this is PG-13, and it's weirdly yeah. PG-13 in that way. And I think they actually, like, filmed it with blood and then had to remove it, and so you have people, like, falling, but you're like, oh, are they okay? Maybe they'll get up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. The, the battles were, those, they were the battles where you were, like, like, where m- arrows are magic sometimes. It was kind of like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was just, it was weird. I mean, I did, I really did, like, pay attention to this to the best of my ability. It's just, I couldn't focus a lot of the time. I kept not caring what was going on. <laughs> well, you know what? One of the challenges is, who is your main character? Oh, this is a really, are you making this point? that? Uh, yeah. I could... Again, and this this leads me back to my original question about like if I didn't know if I wasn't like hey Clive Owen's upset would I have even known that he was King Arthur like and that I was supposed to be caring about him yeah and part of it I guess is that like the whole thing is they're trying to retell King Arthur in a way you've never yeah. heard it before um, <laughs> which okay except you have a character named Arthur you have a character named Lancelot you have a character named Guinevere. It, that's like kind of like saying, I'm going to make a movie called Romeo and Juliet, but Romeo and Juliet aren't actually from different families and they're not going to fall in love and die. Because what happens is there's no love triangle. Like, yes, and there's even some, the there's some weird like, staring. Yeah, Guinevere kind of, you know, um, Guinevere and Arthur get together, uh, yeah. but it's not like oh, this... Oh. It just kind of happens, kind of convenience-wise. Mm-hmm. But there's, yeah, there's weird staring with Lancelot, who at first is like, leave her for dead, she's dead, walk away. Um, but so there's no <laughs> there's no love story there, which is in a way like, you know, hey, I don't, of all medieval stories, I don't really need to see Arthur, Guinevere, Lancelot love triangle again. But at the same time, if you're naming these characters that, and putting them in this position... I can't watch it not thinking I'm supposed to be paying attention to that. Yeah, and then they get married at the end. Well, that apparently was a whole thing, was that originally this ended very differently. Oh, really? Yeah. See, that would have made more sense. And see, what we both watched was what's on Netflix, which I think is the theatrical cut. There is a director's cut where it does not end with it, where it ends on the battlefield with, like, everybody kind of mourning the dead. And uh, Actually, wait, 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 you know what? I have it written down that I copied it. Um, okay, so this is the end of the movie, but it's really not spoiling anything. Like, some people die, some people live. It's not that shocking who, who doesn't make it. Um, all right, so from IMDb, I think. Originally, there was no wedding scene at all at the end of the film. The scene on the battlefield uh, was longer, involved a short Merlin monologue where he tells Arthur that he has not failed his knights despite the fact that most of them are dead. Um, then there was a funeral scene, uh, and then it was followed by a scene where the boy tries to remove Excalibur from a stone, um, but can't. And 
that was really it. However, after poor test screenings, the audience's biggest complaint was that the ending was too melancholy and needed a scene to finalize the romance aspect of the story. As such, the wedding was acted. Yeah. That's so weird. It's very odd because the, the wedding doesn't make sense because as much as... I, I like Kieran Knight. I mean, I always like Kieran Knightley. I like her character in this. I like that, you know, they approached it with, okay, so let's really try to do right with a female warrior character. Yeah. Um, but there's, there, you know, and I didn't have a problem with the sex scene because um, that made sense to me. Hey, you're going to war tomorrow. Yeah, of course I'm going to bang I was fine with that. But the the wedding ending just feels odd because I don't have that strong enough of a connection between those characters. Like, my thinking was like, oh, are they getting married because they went through a traumatic event together? Right, or is it so that they can unite their people together? Which also makes sense, both for history and for the film. Yeah. But, like, I don't, like, it's weird that at the end of the movie I was left wondering, so did they do that because they wanted to get married or because they wanted to unite people? Because it... Yeah. Like, because Merlin's monologue is like... So, you're married, great, so now your people won't fight anymore. Yay, party. So it's like, oh, that's not, like, if somebody had given that wedding toast at my wedding, <laughs> like, <laughs> Emily Brannon, we're so happy you're married, so now Kentucky and New York can stop feuding. Like, Woo! not, you know, I, I wouldn't be so happy about that. Like, I'd ask the videographer to take that part off. So it's odd. Yeah. Uh, and it's definitely, I mean, this was a big budget action film released in the summertime, or, you know, like, released at a time when it was supposed to be get people's butts in the audience. Um, and so you understand why they would want to please the audience. Yeah, but for sure. It, there's just, it's hard to see how that happened with the final product here. Um, that being said, there's some really cool stuff in it. Uh, I liked the way they filmed. At one point, there's like, a big battle on ice. And so, yeah, like, he's I filming actually... from under the ice. I paid attention to that whole scene. I remember yeah. that whole scene. There wasn't, there was, I, I don't want to sound ignorant when I say stuff like that, but there's just something about this that had a, a very fluid like quality to me. It just kind of went in and just sloshed right back out. Well, I mean, there's like one thing that really bugged me when I was watching it is that, so the whole thing is um, Arthur and his knights, I don't know if they actually call them knights in this, essentially they're people, guys that were born to like tribes that uh had to kind of um conscript their sons to service for 15 years Mm -hmm. so it starts with like like 10 year old lancelot um arthur riding into town and being like okay kid you're up like next 15 years are spending it with me and so it's you know guys that are drafted from different tribes that have to serve uh, like as in the war basically for 15 years um and now but like this group has kind of like uh, grown really close. They're really good at what they do, and now it's supposed to be like they're supposed to be done. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I got this. This all makes sense. To yeah, me. and then they go to be done, and then and of course, you know, like the corrupt bishop is like, "Nope, you've got one more job to do." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they go to do the job, and the job that they have to do is to go rescue. Because meanwhile, Stellan Skarsgård and Till Schweiger are going to invade yeah. their savage Anglo's and stuff. Um, but so they have to go and save this wealthy family um, of which it's like the teenage boy. Oh, you have to rescue him because he's going to be the next Pope. Cause he's this really important kid who has all these gifts. Yeah. So they go to this town where they find out that like, because like the religious right is running it, there's all this corruption and you know, the, they're torturing people and everything. And like, 
Meanwhile, the kid is like kind of watching Arthur and how he handles it. And you kind of get the sense of like, oh, this kid's kind of picking up on all this. And so you're thinking like, okay, well, this kid has to be important somehow. No, not really. Not really. He goes away about halfway through the movie. They never hear from him again. That's a good point. I kind of forgot about that. It's very strange because it feels like they are setting something up and then just in no way does he matter. Um, I think it does interesting things with religion because they show Arthur as being a very faithful man, but then they show the sort of um, like religious elite as being very corrupt and everything else. And so you get this like – it's you know, and then you have Lancelot who just doesn't believe in anything. So you get this kind of like uh, balanced look at you know an atheist versus somebody who has faith and believes versus the person abusing the faith. Mm-hmm. Which, like that's pretty interesting and you know like heavier and weightier than you needed to do in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like it ultimately doesn't go anywhere. Because the big conflict at the end isn't with the church, it's with Stellan Stellan Skarsgård and his band of merry men who won't rape Anglo women or Saxon women because they will dirty themselves. That's what I always say. Right? Words to live by. Uh, What did you think of Till Schweiger's um, facial hair? Oh, it was disturbing. (laughs) It was pretty weird. Wasn't it weird? It was pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, and this is another thing, like, like... You're right. There was a lot of factions and groups, like, introduced and then didn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and I would have been confused had I not been able to be like, oh, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård. Well, and the whole, like, Kira Knightley's people, right? All of the the Wodes, I think they call them in this. Yes. Um, So they're sort of the the wildings, if you will, if you want to use Game of Thrones talk. Yeah. but the only thing we ever really get to know, we only know them really because of Keira Knightley, because of Guinevere sort of representing them. Yeah. And we kind of know, okay, well, they are separate from the British and Merlin's in charge of them, but they're going to unite when they need to. But, like, there's not really any reason for them to unite. Like, it just sort of happens. And so that's, again, like, it's this, they take time to set it up, but then they don't take the time to make it happen in a way yeah. that's interesting, I guess. Uh, we get probably one of the worst flashbacks I've ever seen in a big budget film. When Arthur talks about um, uh, when Merlin raided his village when he was a kid. It's like, I don't even remember it's, that. It's this, um, so I think it's Arthur and Merlin. Arthur hates Merlin because when Arthur was a little boy, uh, the Wodes, as led by uh, Merlin, raided his village and killed his mother. Mm-hmm. And Arthur ran to get a sword to defend her, and he runs to get Excalibur, and it's just like this sort of like they, they're like shoehorning oh, in him getting this Excalibur, thing. Yeah. right? It's so bad. It's like out of nowhere in this movie, which and the movie. This is the only flashback in the movie, and all of a sudden it's like slow motion, him narrating it, him as a little boy running and screaming, and it's really mm-hmm. really bad. And you wonder if that was a case where, like, test audiences were like, what about Excalibur? How did he get that? They're like, okay, we got to go back and refilm. Because it just feels shoehorned and odd. Yeah, it's definitely forgettable. Yeah. Um, so I forgot it. But, um, again, the, the ice battle scene is really cool. And I think it's really tense. Um, yeah, that's, I enjoyed that Yeah, and scene. it's set up well. Like, you kind of understand what's happening, which is not always that easy in these kinds of movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times, like, when you're talking about, like, 
medieval war movies. And I remember thinking this with Braveheart. I'm like, wait, so do you just like stand there and then eventually run out of people? Like you, I guess it's the whole, like you have to set up the geography. And I Mm -hmm. think he does do that very well, especially with that big ice scene. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the Ray Winstone's having a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> he just, like, it seems he definitely like, is. Like, I think he was actually drunk most of the movie. I think he was just, like, drinking mead the entire time. I was like, okay. oh, we're filming now, are we? That was better, right? That was good. That was, thank you. Thank you. That was Brian really didn't, good. didn't hear it, but, um, I think that was, that was a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a mix of, like, very heavy because you lose a lot of people a lot of your like really likable characters die some of which in really really kind of dramatic and well done uh moments where you really do feel the loss yeah um but it's you know it's what is it it's one of those like okay so you have all this happen but it's not braveheart like it's not at that level and it's not really saying anything about like mankind or today so it's just kind of this big old costume drama, I mm-hmm. think, in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah. What are some other things you, how do you feel? Um, I don't know. I didn't know what was going on the whole time. <laughs> oh. I, I just, I didn't, I, I didn't like it. I don't know why I'm mm-hmm. regressing to such a child. Um, <laughs> it was it's, stupid. It wasn't, it's not really a time period that I care for. It's not... It's just a lot of dudes doing stuff, and I didn't, I, I didn't always understand like why. I guess I mean I get the the guts of it, I get mm-hmm. why. Then there's just a lot of stuff about pride and stuff. Yeah, I'm just like okay. Um, I mean, I'm sure lots of people like this movie. I don't think that many do. This wasn't a big <laughs> hit. I've never heard anybody really talk about it. Isn't like yeah, that's a really underrated movie. Um, I'm curious, listeners, if you've seen it, where you stand on it. I remember, as I said, when it came out, I was working very briefly in a place where I had to show the trailer to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And because I liked medieval stuff and I really liked Clive Owen, I was really excited to see it and I just never got around to it. And I have, like, just never heard much ever talked about it since then. Yeah. Because there's something about it that I guess is very... um, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, like, not flat, but very manufactured in a way. Like, mm-hmm. the way we're saying, like, it's there's elements of gladiator, there's elements of pirates. Um, you get, you know, your typical, like, what was in style at the time. You have a really mean villain and comic relief sidekicks. Uh and it's, you know, and a, a feisty heroine who's pretty feisty but does need a little bit of saving at times. Uh, you know, you put all those together, you throw a lot of money at it, um, and, you know, you've, you've, got, you've got a hit. And so it, it's there's as much as there's, like, aspects to it of really good filmmaking and strong decisions and good actors doing what they can, there's also that sense of a script that was probably shuffled around a lot and yeah. producers that then came in were like, okay, but we need PG 13. So take out that, take out this, move this and so on. So very manufactured and not very organic. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and I, I always, I, I, there's been 
a lot of my life where I just fancy myself, well, I'm a film, film fan. I'll watch anything. I like lots of different stuff. I think it's pretty safe to say at this point that this is not the type of thing that I would like. Like, I am predisposed to not like it. Oh, does this mean that we'll never get to cover Excalibur or, or the, bar, the, the Barbarians? We can cover whatever you want. Mm. <laughs> We're going to have to soon. Whatever your little uh-huh. heart is. Oh, I need to find – oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do like Camelot and other musicals set during medieval times. What do you think about that? Yeah, was, uh, okay. Yeah. I know I've, what to do if, you, if I, am, I ever get mad at you. I am now scrolling through pictures of Mads Mikkelsen. That's where we're at in this episode. <laughs> oh, does, does he have the bird with him? Oh, I, it's just regressed into Hannibal pictures at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cute that it's him. Um, that's Will Graham and Hannibal before they were a thing. I know it was so cute. cute. I loved it. Yeah, that was what was for me in this movie. <laughs> I can see that. That's fair. That was for me. That was what what got me locked and loaded. And then I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I guess that's about all I have to say about it. I I like I said I liked it. But if I had sat down and said, oh, okay, it's a Saturday night. I'm going to order some nachos and sit down and watch King Arthur tonight. I think I would have felt the running time. I would have felt the the kind of weird dragginess. Yeah. But watching it in chunks or if I had had it on the background while I did other things, I think I would have probably liked it more than watching it straight through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just – it is – not really good enough, I guess, to sustain itself for a straight watch. But if you're like me and if you do like medieval battles and men drinking mead and waving maces and a dude who just like throw a sword really far away and magically hit the dude that he wanted to hit, yeah. uh, you know, if you're like me and like those things, then this this is right for you, I think. Uh, and I mean, I I like how they handled Guinevere. How they, you know, she's she's pretty tough. She's pretty yeah, I independent. Had no with like that. she's fighting hand to hand combat with everybody. Uh, they they don't baby her or you know there is one moment where like Lancelot has to come in and save her. Uh, but like, and I kind of wish they had also had him do that with Will Graham or something. Because mm-hmm. um, it does, I think it's smart in doing that when so many movies begin that but then don't commit to it mm-hmm. um so i appreciated that uh yeah so now uh ratings and such oh quality no of film. you can quality rate it first of film um all right for quality of film i am gonna go 6.25 quality cool, better than film. average but it's not particularly good but again it, it's big it the action is well shot um, it's a really, it's a really good looking film. Uh, it just, it's the script that really kind of fails it, but I think visually and energy wise, um, it's, it earns at 6.25. I guess I can say 6.25 as well. All right. Copycat. Uh, no, I mean, you made a valid argument for it. <laughs> okay. Now quality of life by film. Uh, for me, I'd probably go six. If this was on TV, I would, and I, nothing else was on, I'd have it on in the background. Hmm. Four point five. That's fair. 
<laughs> All right, the movie is on Netflix Instant. Again, it is. it is the theatrical cut that's on Netflix Instant, not the director's cut, which is apparently a thing. Um, but please, folks, tell us if you had other opinions on it on our, net- our, net- on our Netflix page, on yes. our Facebook page. Go to our Netflix page. Or go to our Netflix page and put Never Talk to Strangers on Instant Watch and start the petition. That's what I say. Uh, so why don't we take a break and come back to A Field in England? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Let me take you down Cause I'm going to Okay, we have both uh, mixed ourselves up a stew of some psychedelic mushrooms, Hmm. and uh, I think we're ready to talk about A Field in England. Yeah, sure. Sure we are. Directed by Ben Wheatley, from a script by Amy Jump, his partner. Yes. Uh, Why don't you tell people what this movie's about, Christine? Um, can I read it from the IMDb description? Yes, you can read it from the IMDb description. Amid civil, amid the Civil War in 17th century England, a group of deserters flee from battle through an overgrown field. Captured by an alchemist, the men are forced to help him search to find a hidden treasure that he believes is buried in the field. That is such a succinct synopsis. That, I, that's pretty good, I wouldn't actually. Have been able to, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. That's, this is not an easy film to talk about. It's really not. It's really because not. This movie made me feel like I was going crazy. Which I think it's supposed to do. No, but like in the best way. Like oh, I, I totally loved it. But like, how do you, how do you say like, oh, watch this movie. Well, what happens in it? I don't know. Nothing. But <laughs> it's nothing. And like, I actually, I kind of have no idea, but, um, you know, stuff. Like it ripped my brain open. This was one that I really... And what's really interesting about this one is it is apparently the first film, at least in England, and I think here too, that was released, that had a really interesting release platform. Mm -hmm. It was released in theaters, on DVD, on demand, and on television, like the same weekend. Oh, wow. So basically it was put out there in a way it's like, no matter how you want to watch it, here it is kind of thing. That's neat. Yeah, which, which I remember years ago, and this is probably going back to like late 1990s I was going to say late 1900s when I was alive apparently <laughs> when uh, you were a little girl <laughs> indeed in my little petticoats um, when Steven Soderbergh did Bubble and that was the first movie that had a theater release and I think I guess it must have been a DVD release I don't think it was a VOD it was like the same week and there were theaters that were like refusing to show it because they thought this is the death of cinema that people are just going to stay at home and watch movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really interesting idea because there are movies that I would love to go to the theater and see. There are movies that I don't go to the theater to see because I'm like, I have to go all the way to a theater just for a movie that's going to be on. This is one that I, I watched at home in the afternoon I really wish I could have seen this in a theater or in pitch darkness. Yeah, we watched it at night. Yeah. It was it was good, but I think I might have went crazy. 
Now, did you if have I'm... the subtitles on or no? Yes. Oh, see, I and Amazon Prime. How do you do that? Um, I don't. I don't know. We don't always either. have them on. I I usually turn them on on Netflix, but I don't know how to do it on Amazon Prime. So I could oh, look it up, but listeners. If it's got to be really easy. It's because um, I watch it through the Roku and there's no, I can't find the option on there. No, we do too. And it's, it's totes there. Do you, um, do you do it on the computer or by the Roku? By the Roku. Hmm, okay. Yeah. You tell me your, your alchemy woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes the, the subtitles on this was, were, this were wrong though. Oh, weird. <laughs> but, um, not anything that you couldn't kind of figure Tell. out okay because this and i mean when i watched uh kill list i had the subtitles on just because with that i really couldn't understand and it's yeah, not just yeah. british it's also they're yelling a lot there's a lot of sounds going on and in this case because you also have the added it's written as if they're in the 17th century so you have this you elevated the, language the language yeah. was what was getting me it was oh, yeah it, it would have helped to have those on there yeah, I, I needed to kind of re- read some things to suss out what they were. Well, what's, what's funny with this, so I start the movie and I have it on, and maybe about 45 minutes through it, I'm like, I, what the f- what is going on? So I pull up, as you know, because I'm a smart woman, I pull up Wikipedia, because I'm like, let me just follow along with the synopsis and just make sure I didn't miss anything. But you're catching everything? That's really fucking smart. Well, but the weird thing, though, is like, I'm reading it, I'm like, wait... Uh, did that happen? Did that happen? Wait. Did- so, what happened in the tent? They don't say what happened in the tent. What's going on? Like, it didn't really help that much. Oh, okay. It helped having the characters' names in front of me because that was something that, especially without subtitles, um, I find hard because I didn't recognize the actors. Uh, I know that I've, they've all been in stuff, I'm sure, but in black and white, I was convinced the entire time. I'm like, I didn't know Peter Stormare could do such a good British accent. You're very funny. That one dude is in Kill List. I, could, I didn't remember him in Kill List. Was he one of the main uh, guys? I think so. I just, He's also in World's End and Luther. If you, I don't think you've I watched Luther. I still don't Luther. watch Luther, no. Um, um, he's in a ton, the only, that's the only reason I recognized him as quick as I did because like he's in a shitload of things that I've seen. I, I do believe you. I just didn't. With I believe the wigs, that you don't with the so. muskets, with the um, black and whiteness. I just really uh, did. I it, I had a heart, and they kept calling like because the one guy's name is friend, but occasionally they call the other because the, there's the whole thing where the one guy calls the other guy friend and he punches him. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, yeah. so you're not friend? Okay, but why did they call you friend? There's already a friend. We don't need another friend. So yeah, subtitles would been really great to have on this one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, did you go into this knowing kind of just that it was a Ben Wheatley black and white film? I didn't know it was black and white. Ah, I don't think I did either, actually, now that I think about it. Um, so I didn't know it was black and white. I knew it was Ben Wheatley. I knew people that like Ben Wheatley like it. So, I mean, I know a lot of people that don't like Ben Wheatley. (laughs) Well, this, what's funny is this is the kind of movie that I, I know I've, I've said this before in some of the movies we've covered. Um, I could never argue with somebody that hated this movie. Oh, yeah. And I know um, Richard was saying, he's like, oh, I just found it really pretentious. I get it, dude. I totally get it. I would never argue that it's not pretentious. It's totally pretentious. It's I very it. pretentious. Um, but I also really dug it. And yeah. something I really like about Ben Wheatley is he he's making these really extreme uh, movies 
but yet, like, every time I've read interviews with him, like, he seems like a really cool dude who is not <laughs> up in himself. And if you just type in, I think, a field in England.com, like, there's the website for this movie is incredible. Like, they basically took, and a lot of, like, movies will do this, where they'll kind of have their own website where there's interviews with the actors, with this, and yeah. it's selling the movie. But this one goes, really does go a step farther because it has, um, like a lot of really candid writing and stuff about the film. There's apparently, I, di- I couldn't watch the, there's all these videos on there. And I think there's something on there where it's like, he made something accessible to if filmmakers wanted to sort of play around with the editing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have time to, to really check it out, but there's something really cool. Like basically he made it into a film class of a website, mm-hmm. which I think just think is really neat. That is neat. Um, it's, it's a weird one. If you're epileptic um, or if you have a sensitivity to strobe lighting. See, that's so funny. Usually they freak me out and I was oh, okay yeah. with that. Maybe that's why it felt like I was losing my mind though. Oh, it's possible. I wonder if it's a black and white help to that. It's possible. Um, it would, uh, it, I was, I could see the kind of, to, to echo what you, you just said, like I could see people being eye rolly and oh, sure. being like put off by it, but I was instead mesmerized by it. I wasn't fully mesmerized. Um, really? Yeah, I wasn't sucked in. And part of it was just, I think, and I, I really do wonder if I had the subtitles on straight from the beginning. I might have been a little more disciplined about just okay. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. Oh yeah, I felt like if I looked away, I would completely lose where I was. Yeah, and as we're, and I'm watching it because there was really I felt like I was missing things. I kind of had to like look up stuff. And it's funny when it was like maybe about halfway through, um, like Brad and walked by. He's like, "Oh, do you like it?" I'm like, "I don't know." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's and still where I this is a movie that like I I am glad exists and I really. I'm glad I watched it, and I'm sure I will watch it again at some point. Um, yeah. And it continues to make me just really excited by Ben Wheatley, and I'm really excited by the next movie he's making. He's, he's adapting High Rise, which I just read. And Yeah, I cool just saw – I didn't realize Tom Hiddleston was in that. Oh, yeah. And in my head when I was reading the book, I had either him or Benedict Cumberbatch in that part. So it's like, oh, yeah, Ben Wheatley's on my, on my wavelength. Um, but the – with this one – it was, yeah, I, I don't know. I liked, I liked it. I liked the spirit of it. Um, I was really entertained by a lot of it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, it's really funny, like, and had me laughing out loud, which is something. It was really funny. Yeah. No, the, I mean, really the scene was. where when friend is telling the other guy, like, you know, please find my wife and this is my dying wish, uh, go and find my wife and tell her everything it is i was cracking up that scene was hilarious Mm -hmm. to me it was really funny yeah and it's really this i think this one one of the things that i had read was they were talking about like the difference in this script to the other ben wheatley films was in the kill list and sightseers was a little bit more improv and Sightseers, I think the actors are credited as writers on it because a lot of it was improv. And he was saying with this one, because of the language, like nobody could improvise because they didn't really know what they'd be saying. So it's yeah. very close to the scripts. 
and it's uh, Amy Jumper wrote the script, and I I just think the script is really funny, and the dialogue is really really it's, good. It's really it is really funny. It's a lot funnier than I expected for some reason. I don't know why. I guess because yeah. once it started and it's black and white and it's got this tone and, right, and there's this war going on, and I'm struggling to kind of get my footing. Mm-hmm. Like yep. where are we? What are we doing? What is this? It, I felt like I I felt that way a lot of the movie. Like, like okay, what is going on? Let oh, me God, figure yeah. this out. Yeah. But like. When there are these very obvious, like, jokes, is that they were just jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and they work. Yeah. It's really quite a feat because you're so off-put to the point of struggling to figure out what the hell is happening. Right. That, but, and, but yet there's still enough This moment of and, levity that just... It's set up to have a joke hit. Like, it landed. Like, Zach and I were laughing at the same stuff. Right. And I think that's what keeps the... Um, as much as like like I'm saying like yeah it's a pretentious film, but because of the humor, I feel like it's really not taking itself so seriously. Mm-hmm. Like it's more it's an absurd film. Like it is absurdist cinema. It is very much feels very theatrically inspired. Uh, I mean, you have tableaus, you have actors freeze framing in tableaus. Yep. Which what is the point of that? And I had to I'm like, and that was one actually. Wait, where is it? Um, this was a quote from the website is the tableaus were in the script. Um, it came out of looking at the pamphlets that were going around in the period and the very flat pictorial representation in them. The, mm-hmm. the idea developed out of that. We thought about having drawings to represent these moments, but then they decided that the actors should just pose. Um, we wanted it to look like it was a language of filmmaking that might have existed before film. So it's like this weird kind of like, this doesn't really answer my question. Like, it's there to kind of remind people, like, this is a movie. This is artifice. Um, but it... it- it worked, and it almost felt like like a like a like a summary or a chapter heading. Or yeah, like, I could see that. Like, this is what's happening, or this is what's happened, or this is what's important right now. Because in Kill List, he uses like title cards, doesn't he? Yeah, I yeah. Think so. And it feels uh, like it, yeah, I, I make that connection, but that, that I totally buy that. It, it makes sense. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one. It um, is. The one of the posters has a like one of the kind of you know compliments of the movie uh, is a quote from Nicholas Rogue, which makes perfect sense that he would be a fan of this movie and Ben Wheatley because like you mm-hmm. think about Walkabout, which is totally in the same vein, or you even don't look now where it's yeah. this it's not it's that and something Ben Wheatley I think is becoming very known for it's these genre films that aren't a genre. Right, like Kill List, you could consider it like a horror movie or a yep. Hitman movie, but it's really so many more things. And that's like this, too. Is it a period piece? Well, sort of, yeah, but that's not what it's doing. Correct. Um, and I, I think it's It doesn't fitting. exist to be a period piece. Yeah, like you, you kind of, like, I can't imagine this same movie told in a, you know, another time period, but it could have kind of been. And th- then there's a lot of the whole, um, you know, as people know from our British accents, we're not actually British. Uh, mm, so I thought we were. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Well, you might. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're you're New England, right? Doesn't that yeah, make you New, New British? England. British Nouveau. <laughs> uh, the I I don't know much about the English Civil War. I know this is when I guess what the people kind of revolted against monarchy and Cromwell was sort of leader, but then people revolted against him. So I know it's this sort of temperamental time in British history of who's in charge, blah, blah. 
And I could kind of see maybe that playing itself out in these characters, what they're going through. But because I'm not really familiar, I don't know how important that is to the story. And I think similar with Kill Us, like, I think a British person might get something very different from some of the politics in there that Mm -hmm. I just don't see because I'm not as close to that. Um, But again, it still works. You know, regardless, you're getting a close-up of a penis with an STD. <gasps> yeah, that was fun. There was 100% more penis in this there than There was 100% uh, King more Arthur. penis, yeah. Um, and gout and cirrhosis. Like, that seems really funny. Very funny. It makes you realize, like, god damn, thank god I didn't grow up in the Middle Ages. Like, oh my god, I didn't tell you. Did I, t- did I tell you about my cat? My, my cats. That you grew up in, no, you didn't. Speaking of STDs, um, I hope my cats don't get mad at me for saying this. So two out of my four cats are um, have herpes. Oh my, yeah. how did that happen? Oh, uh, well, how didn't it happen, I guess? <laughs> That's the thing is they could have gotten it like as kittens and held on to it. And like sometimes you don't become symptomatic until you're an older cat. So yeah. both Joplin and Mookie have shown signs, um, him in his eyeball and her in her nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's possible that Mookie got it in Korea. You know, I mean, he lived on the streets for a while. We don't know what he did there. It's possible that Joplin got it from sleeping around. You know, we don't know. Um, But the point being, this week I learned that two of my cats have herpes. It's perfectly treatable. It's fine. Not not give. But they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. Um, They're just really. They just need to be more careful. You know. And now, and Joplin had to call a lot of people and tell them. You know, so that was not a fun day in the house. I'll tell you that much. But enough about my cats and their genital problems. Um. Yeah, I would not have wanted to grow up in the Middle Ages. No, m- m- me either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the I'm just like looking at some of the things I wrote down, and some of them are just the lines that I found really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them being, too, uh, a friend who is the kind of like dim character who's really, really funny. Really funny, yeah. Uh, uh, at one point, he kind of says, realizes like, when stuff starts getting really rough, he's like, oh, I think I've worked it out what God is punishing us for. Everything. Everything. Which is yep. such a great line. Um, could, could take it so many ways. Um, I am not typically a poop fan in movies. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't find poop humor that funny. I find it kind of icky. But this movie has poop humor, and it's really funny. <laughs> it is very Do funny. Do you agree? Come on. It yes, funny. it was funny. Um, <laughs> along with that, when uh, Whitehead, um, not my husband, uh, is explaining to friend um like what he does he's like you know i study astronomy and all these things the stars and the guy's just like no i don't i don't know what you're talking about he's like have you ever looked up <laughs> like, it's just really funny stuff it's very funny it was a very funny movie um it, it's it, again remarkable that they were able to to be to, to have those moments mm-hmm. of clear humor in a movie that is at some time, at, at times very challenging. Very challenging. Um, yeah. Like we didn't talk about the scene, the kind of turning point ish, maybe. Um, Whitehead is this uh, kind of square. He's the alchemist's assistant, right? So mm-hmm. he's yep. he's an educated guy. He is not a fighter. He is not very brave. No. Um, he is a man of books, not of people. And uh, he's sort, you know, he's kind of put it. He's very prissy. He's very, you know, and uh, he kind of has to face off with this big villain, O'Neill, yeah. not Peter Stormare. Although, didn't it look like him? No, because I know who that actor is. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, he was in Kill List. 
if you oh no i remember him he wasn't i got it now oh. <laughs> I yeah. love you. he was the guy it's right. good that i just have to say things to you over and over again <laughs> <laughs> just, it was about the third time and it finally like when you said it i'm like oh yeah now i can picture him he was not the husband he was the not the one that was married he's not the main guy i no. totally got this now yeah what was i talking about peter stormare although peter stormare would have been really good in this movie yeah um but so that's O'Neill, who's the kind of rough, mysterious alchemist thief. Uh, and at one point, he keeps trying to corrupt Whitehead. Um, and he takes him into his tent, and something fucking happens. I don't fucking know mm-hmm. what. Uh, but it is this really, really intense, odd, and strange scene where we hear screaming. Uh, we don't know what's happening within that. Um, and then we have, uh, yeah, sorry, I just got excited. The Mets, um, were down and just scored. So now people know exactly <laughs> what time it is. It is, it day. is, it is 9.38 on a Monday. It is the bottom of the seventh inning. The Mets were down, were not, they were actually tied 3-3. And David Wright just RBI'd a ground rule double to bring in a run. So that's all. I'm sorry. Um, that we'll get into later what we're watching next time. Uh, we're just going to watch Met Games for the next episode. I'm going to make you um, study the games and we're going to talk about them. Oh, that's going to be tough. It, it'll be amazing. Uh, I was saying, yes, yeah, so the big dramatic scene of something weird happens. We don't know what. That's what I had to look up. I'm like, did I miss what happened? But no, we don't know what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is a really strange, unsettling scene of Whitehead... Uh, walking out of that tent with a completely different look on his face that you have never seen. That was horrifying. It was really, really upsetting in a way that um, is unlike anything I've seen. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's kind of that thing that uh, where you can really see that like Ben Wheatley is just such a interesting talent because I can't compare that moment to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the movie is certainly indebted to other movies, as any film is. Um, and I know, and I don't know that I would have gotten this without reading it, but uh, one of the reasons that, like, Ben Wheatley made this movie was he always was interested in, like, re- Civil War reenactors and um, was also very influenced by Peter Watkins' film, Culloden, mm-hmm. which um, I think I've seen a long time ago. And it's the similar sort of kind of anachronistic, black and white um, role-playing kind of thing. So there is certainly an influence there and so on, but, like, this moment is just... It's one of those, like, if they were to do the, you know, new scariest moments in horror, this would be on there and nobody would be able to explain it. Yeah, it was it was really unsettling. Yeah, it's very strange. And you can attach many different meanings to it, I'm sure. Um, but it's, again, you see it, and you're just like, eh, I don't know what's going on, and I'm uncomfortable. Yep, and it went on and on mm-hmm. and on. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we get a big old, uh, what would you call it, um, uh, psychedelic montage? Yes. Uh, how'd you like the psychedelic montage? I liked it. Yeah, it didn't, and again, I think part of it was I had paused it a few times. Um, watching it, it was still light out. It didn't suck me in the way I was hoping it would. Yeah, it definitely yeah. sucked me in. We were supposed to go grocery shopping and like, <laughs> and you came paused. home and all you bought were mushrooms. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. We were supposed we were gonna pause it and then like go and go grocery shopping and come back and finish it. And it, that's not what happened. Oh, like in a good way. Well, that's not good. 
Yeah, very good. The you know what's not good? What this movie has a close up of a caterpillar, which feels like it's aimed at me. I don't remember a close up. There's a close up of a caterpillar. I, oh, just I, there, I, I, like there's no reason for it. It could have been a spider, and I would have been fine. But it had I, to be a fuzzy, fuzzy caterpillar. I trust you. I don't like caterpillars at all. Um. Yeah, this was apparently filmed in 12 days. Really? Yeah. I mean, editing, I'm sure, took much longer because they had to create Mm -hmm. a psychedelic sequence. Um, But the filming itself um, was very – it was fairly low budget uh, and done on a field in England. There's a funny anecdote where they say the field that they used was Mm -hmm. later used as the parking lot for um, Jack the Giant Slayer. (laughs) Fun, which is just all sorts of tragic because oh, that, that movie's movie, such garbage. Oh God, that movie is puke. Like that movie is literally puke. I think it's so bad. It's bad. Um, this movie is not. It's not. No, I mean, there's poop in it, but it's not puke. And there's puke in it too. I think. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of bodily fluids going on. It's in it. good though, and it's it's wet and like icky and upsetting and unsettling, and it looks gross and uncomfortable all the time. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, not as as it would have in, in yeah. that era. It's not pretty. It's not an attractive no. movie in that sense. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not, but yet it is a gorgeous movie. Yeah, it's filmed really well. And I mean, it part of that really is just good. you know, black and, white black and white can often look really, really good. Um, but it's I mean, the framing. There's some shots that are just really breathtaking. Yeah. Again, like it, where you could take stills and frame them. And in some cases, you could hang them and be like, put an inspirational quote on there. And then in others, you could like hang them in a haunted house and terrify small children with them. Yep. It's like the STD penis could certainly be, you know, hung on a wall and scare small and bigger children. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it is unlike anything else. And that's, I think, a really wonderful thing to say about a film. Yeah. You know, especially when we're coming from King Arthur, where it's like, okay, well, it's, you know, it's about like a, lot of a pinch of Gladiator, and then, you know, two cups, Pirates of the Caribbean. Whereas that movie was going out of its way to do something no one's ever done before. Right. With the story of King Arthur, and yet it, it feels just so done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this is just a small, interesting story. I mean, I'm going to say, though, I got real excited when it turned into, like, alchemy shit and stuff about the occult, because that's more my wheelhouse. Sure. So I, I was like, oh, good, this, it's not about war, it's about this. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's, it got, for me, the, and like, it, because it, it gets really zany to where it becomes really hard to understand what is the reality Mm-hmm. Um, which it, it's fitting though, because I mean, you could say that the reality is skewed from the very beginning. You could say it's skewed as soon as they eat the mushrooms. You could, I'm sure you could chart it in different ways. Um, it made for me, it was a little frustrating because I really did feel like by that last half hour, I was really lost. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't fully get what a lot of stuff was supposed to make me feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still am like, again, I'm really glad I got to try to feel certain things, even if I don't know what I was actually, you know, what the end result was supposed to be, I guess. Yeah. So I didn't get it. I didn't feel smart enough watching it. Um, no, no, don't say that. Really effect- but it was still very effective. And again, just it, this is like he's, you know, you could throw like really pretentious terms at him like 
Ben Wheatley is a visionary or blah, blah, blah. But, like, the truth is he is making movies. And credit to Amy Jump, too, because the screenplay of this is a huge, huge help to it. Mm -hmm. Um, But between the three of his that I've seen, and I haven't seen Down Terrace yet, but this Kill Us and Sightseers are... They they share things with each other, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um but they are so different from both from each other and from really anything else. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's very, very exciting. It is very exciting. And now I can say like I will pretty much watch anything that he does. Oh, me I mean it it was pretty I, it was sealed after um kill list for me, but like now it's like obviously. Yeah, and all- I think it's what this one has proved to me is and I remember with Kill List, the reason, and I've said this about a lot of movies, the reason it took me so long to watch it was because I was waiting till I could sit down and watch it, you know, beginning to end with no distraction. Um, and I think that is the way I need to always treat his films. Yeah. I mean, Sightseers, I did break up. Uh, and part of I don't okay, think that was, Yeah, because it's a, com- it's a little more straight black comedy, but at the same time, it does have like a definite turn that I think if you... Like, if I had to break the turn up in the wrong place, it could have affected the viewing. Um, I mean, I just think his films are movies that really deserve to be experienced. Whereas when I said about King Arthur, it's an okay movie to have on in the background while you're, you know, playing around on Facebook. Um, This is not that kind of movie by any means. Yeah, you really have to pay attention to it. And I I don't know that any of Like, you want to pay attention to it. Yeah. Uh, he's making like his next film uh, after High Rise is something crazy sounding. It's called like Freak Shift, and apparently it's a really big budget film for him. Oh, wow! Yeah, which is intriguing and and scary, and and uh, makes me feel all sorts of things. Yeah, you never know; it could be good. Have you watched uh, that thing yet? Down Down Terrace yet? No. Uh, nor have I. Yes. It's true. I don't lie. Oh, now it's listed as Free Fire. Fire fee- Free Fire. It had previously definitely been called, um, uh, ooh, Army Hammer, Brie Larson, Killian Murphy. What? Noah Taylor. I'm in. That's exciting. Charlto Copley. Um, that is an exciting, and uh, Michael Smiley, again. Hey, Christine, again. You, you remember him. He was in, uh, Kill Us. Was he? Was he? <laughs> he was. He was like, <laughs> Uh, set in Boston in 1978, a meeting in a deserted warehouse between two gangs turns into a shootout and a game of survival. That Ooh, sounds fun. Good. I don't know if that's the one I was, that they kept talking about, because he keeps saying how he's doing like, this big budget movie, and this was sort of his reprieve from that, but I don't know. Uh, regardless, I will buy what he's selling. Cool. I mean, I might, like, you know, not get it, but I'll, like, hold on to it until somebody can explain it to me. <laughs> um, why did I write down the freezers? I don't know. Why did you? I don't know. I wrote after, in between, man, it would be sucked, it would suck to be in the medieval ages, and then fuck you, close up of a caterpillar. In between those two notes, I have the freezers, dot, dot, dot. The freezers? I wonder if that was work-related. I don't know. Maybe you were thinking. It was like me trying to remind myself something about my job. Yeah. The freezers. Freezers. Oh, 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 no, it's a typo. It It was the freezes. The okay. tableaus. That was yes, it. I didn't I want to forget the tableaus. Maybe you had a stroke brought on by the stroking. <laughs> Oi. There, I, weird typos always confuse. Like, 
in Never Talk to Stranger, Harry Dean Stanton is in it. And I kept writing his name as Harry Dead Stanton. And I just couldn't get it right the first time. And I really feel like if he dies, I'm going to somehow feel responsible. Or when he oh, dies, because we're all going to die one day. Uh, but anyway, uh, do you have more to say or should we rate this baby? I don't think I do. Like, it's like you kind of prefaced by saying it's really hard to, to talk about. Mm. Um, just not just because it's it's very visual and it's it either sounds overly simplistic or yeah. too complicated and convoluted but like it's not either one of those things but it's both i don't know it works really well together yeah. i'm really glad i watched it i Me mean too. again like you said um i think we had very similar feelings about this if somebody watched this and said i absolutely hate this movie i'd be like yeah yeah, like I'm not going to argue with you. I get it. You're, you're right. There are some movies that I will I will have to purposefully step back and say it is not my job to make this person like this movie. Mm-hmm. If they don't yeah. like it, then they don't like it. And this is one of those things where I, I couldn't argue with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I might say, "Oh, what didn't you like about it?" And then you would say, "Like, oh, the thing that I didn't like." I'm like, "Yep, yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it, man. It's cool. All right. Yeah." Um, so if you had to give it a grade, quality of film, where are you going? Quality of film. It's hard. Eight. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's, I was going to go right under. I was going to go 7.75. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it is, um, it's really good. It's really well made. But it's, and it's deliberately confusing to an extent and takes a while yeah. to kind of get acclimated to, um, yeah, so I'm going there. Uh, life stuff, quality of life improved upon 8. or deeper upon. Would you say eight point five? Um, yeah, I would probably go. Um, I might. I'm gonna stick to seven point seven five actually. Yeah, yeah, because it's still it is. You know, my life is richer for having experienced it, just because yes. it is something different that I would never have seen, and it did really entertain me just because of the dialogue for so much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also very, it was a frustrating watch in a lot of ways. Uh, and I'll be curious if I go back to it in a few months with subtitles, if, you know, if that grade will change, if you will. Um, but it is on Amazon Prime, for those of you who yes. have it. You can go watch it that way. You should. Uh, and if you watched it, definitely check out the website. Check out afieldinengland.com. Because there is a lot of just really interesting interviews with different people. And there's video. I didn't watch any of the videos. Um, but there's a lot of, like, resources there if you wanted to learn more, if you will. So go get that. Yay! Right. It's a field in England. Uh, so now on to our Netflix recommends as we wind down. Yeah. So, <laughs> you want me to go first? I do. Mine is a recommend because I want to talk about this movie. Um, I, I think we ended up giving it two stars on Netflix, so okay. I don't think I really liked it. <laughs> it's called Unforgettable from 1996, starring Ray Liotta. Oh my god, I, I remember when this came out. Okay. Is he crazy in it? Well, kind of, okay. but like, it's a, the whole thing is, is like this Linda Fiorentino. Okay. Yep. She's in it. There's like some serum she comes up with and like if you inject it, and again, I wasn't even really sure, and like someone's brain juice into you, you would get their memories and like it That's, would be- That seems like good science. 
they would be triggered by like your surroundings typically. So you would remember stuff specific to where you were, not just all of their memories. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't, I really didn't like it. It was so confusing. <laughs> it was, but it was nineties in like a great way. Like, oh this yeah. Is such a nineties movie. And also it looked really, really good. It was really beautiful. Hmm. Okay. I mean, it sounds like my kind of movie So for I many of the wrong reasons. My Netflix recommend is basically my Emily recommend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This is, this is the you. movie that you should watch. Aww. But I think like the story and like you said, the science behind it, there was too much I didn't get and too much that was just okay. like up in the air that I was like, well, I don't like this now because they're not explaining it right. <laughs> okay. I'm totally putting it on the queue. But it's, it's really pretty. I want to see if you think it looks like as good stuff. as I do. Why do you think Clive Owen? Why do you think I, re- I made us watch King Arthur? <laughs> oh, and Kim Cattrall is in it a little bit. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to check it out. Uh, my recommend is for also from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> this is one of a movie that Brandon loved and was like, you've never seen it. Let's watch it. Um, 1994's Maverick with Mel Gibson, Jodie Foster, James yep. Garner. I've never seen that either. It has a great cast. It's written by William Goldman who did Princess Bride and is, mm-hmm. you know, famed Hollywood screenwriter, directed by Richard Donner. This movie is just so fun. Uh, it is, I mean, it is a Western, quote-unquote, because it takes place in the Old West, but really, like, it's not a cowboy movie. It's more of, like, a poker movie. It's really funny. Mel Gibson, no matter how crazy he may be, the motherfucker can be a charming, charming man on screen. Mm-hmm. And he is wonderful. Jodie Foster's really fun and gets to have fun. Um, there's so many random faces and great cameos and it's just a movie that you could tell everybody on that film was enjoying making it and it's just really a good time. Delightful, if you will. Really? Those are bold statements. I I know. It was a delightful movie. I mean that. Check it out. Do it. Um, good times on uh, Netflix. So now... We come to talk about the next episode. Yes. So now, technically, it's your turn. Um, did you have something, or do you want me to do it? I didn't do have anything, anything because somebody threatened me. <laughs> well, okay, do you want to tell them why? Oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so um, we, we were going to record this episode last week, but somebody forgot. Yeah, I forgot. And therefore, now there's two parts to this. Part of it is I was like, okay, well then, you know, ooh, I get to pay you back and I get to pick the movies again. Um, this is really mean of me. I'm sounding like such a bully. Guys, I'm no. the youngest. I was never, I was, I never got she, to be the bully. She's the nicest. I am. I was the youngest of four. I grew up bullied. Like, this is my chance. Uh, so part of it was that. But the other part was I'm like, okay, well, I feel like in October we should totally do a bunch of horror movies, right? Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let me, so it's like still summery. It's like we get maybe one more, two more chances to get in like a summer-ish movie. And here's the other part to that. Christine, it's been a really long time since, as a Met fan, I could be excited about baseball. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Like, it's just been a really long time. I went to the Hall of Fame a few weeks ago. And just for those who don't know, the Mets have been, like, unbelievable where they're having comeback after comeback in these games that they're losing 7-1 and they come back and win and it's really like it's making me excited about baseball right now um so i chose two baseball movies oh no is it that bad no what do you think what is it gonna be all right well here's what i was thinking 
And maybe if you have a different baseball movie, you can substitute one. The one that I really wanted to cover, because um, I haven't watched it since I was a kid, and I'm curious how it ages. And because it's like a 90s movie, I feel like you might like it too. And that was going to be The Sandlot. Yeah, I like that movie. Okay, see, so there. It's not too bad. Right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. And then the other one is just a baseball movie I've never seen. And I feel like I should have seen it because it's, like, considered one of the big baseball movies. Um, and that was Bull Durham. Yeah, i never seen that. Okay. So you want to watch them? Sure. You're not going to be mad at me? Never mad at you. Oh. You, should be, you should be asking this question about King Arthur. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? Okay, you're going to get to program all of October. How's that? No, don't do that. Well, I've been trying to help. I'm trying to be nice. Um, horror stuff is easier for me, though. So that's what I'm saying. So you pick all of October shows. If I get this one more baseball show. You can have whatever baseball show you want. Okay. Just, you know, I've been, like, in a good baseball mood. And I just, you know, it was like, ooh, I've always wanted to watch Bull Durham. And it seems like a movie that might be worth covering. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Sandlot means we get to make like all those Sandlot references, and I get to see if it's any good twenty years after I've seen it. Yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah, I wonder if it. Thinking about aged okay. I have. I'm curious about that because like that's the kind of movie. As much as it's a period movie set in the '60s, it's also it was made for us in the '90s. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious how that humor itself translates to us as adults, if you will. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and then we'll get to feel really old because we'll look up all the kids and what they look like now. Right? And how they're yeah. all like grandparents. Is that what we're going to do? Ah, probably. Is that like required? Uh, I think legally, yes. Oh, okay. Depends on the state, though. Might not be in Texas. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Nothing's legal there. Um, but so that's what we're going to cover next time as long as she doesn't get angry. I'm. Why would I get angry? Okay. I mean, I didn't pick Camelot. I could have done that. Um, but I keep threatening you with that from now on. No, no. I'm not angry. Why would I be angry about that? Um. Okay. If folks... So I'm going to say it out loud. The Sandlot and Bull Durham. Because this is also something I do. I immediately forget. Even I mean, when I pick well, it. remember, I'm going to email it to you like every two days. No, don't do that. That's embarrassing. Well, it's nobody else has to know, Christine. I know. Okay. I won't shame you publicly. Okay. I mean, I did today when I put on tonight, but okay. So that's the show. Uh, come tell us what you thought about these movies over at the Feminine Critique Facebook page. It's Facebook, and then you type in the Feminine Critique, and there we are. Uh, you can also go on Twitter, where Christine goes on more than I do, um, where we are at Feminine Podcast. Uh, yeah. And don't forget, folks, if you like my my co-host is his words, you can find them in story form. Yeah, I have books. You have books. Tell them where to find them. On Amazon. How do they find them? You can search my name, which is Christine Makepeace. And it and is spelled I, exactly how it sounds. Yes, exactly how it sounds. And the two books will come up, and I will um, always love you for it. Indeed. Uh, so all those things are true, we promise, and we will see you next time. Stay, I would only be in 
Wish you love. 